0: Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to com slash athlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about how you can deal with imposter syndrome. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to mikereynoldcom slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Ronald Show. I am at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston, Massachusetts, here ask or answering, not asking, answering your amazing questions that you may have about physical therapy, sports performance, fitness, career advice, business, anything you want to talk about, head to MikeRonald.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask us your question, and we'll get to it. So today let's see. Um we're missing Kevin. Um I'm joined by Lenny McCrina, Dan Pope, L- Lisa. I was I was about to I was, about to, say, I was I
1: changed my name, to be fair. <laughs> I was
0: just about to say low, and then I noticed your Zoom screen still says Lisa Russell. So Lisa Lowe. Hey. Right. So we're still getting you getting ready there. Um, you know, with the <laughs> with the new marriage. Uh Duesh Podell, Mike Scudido, and Dave Tilly. Uh Len, who do we have for students? I think is it a completely new crew or was Brian here? Was Cody here last I remember. Cody Who's and here? Brian
2: were here. A few weeks ago, I had an incident where I kind of forgot Cody existed in my life and didn't really introduce him. So he will always be introduced first for the next few weeks, as I the agreement.
0: You forgot to introduce one of the students once? I didn't even notice that. I, I just <laughs> could that think, <laughs> I, Yeah, could
2: not think of his name. I, I got really nervous. No, I'm just kidding. I just, it just, I was one of those, I wasn't ready. I was I was ill-prepared. I'm better prepared now.
0: I mean, anyway. <laughs> to, get, well, to, get a little, to give you a little credit, you hadn't slept in days, right? Lenny's a, uh, I mean, has a- New a, dad a, again. Yeah, newborn child. I mean, I, I think, you know, that's, I think, I think, I think it's acceptable. So anyway, what do we got today, Len? <laughs>
2: We have Cody Adams, woo, from Franklin Pierce University, the Arizona campus. We have Brian Hunter from the University of Hartford in Hartford, Connecticut. We have Dean Bono, Beno Bono Bono Bono, Bono, yeah, Bono from George Washington University. And we have Sean Bean. Bean from UNLV. In
0: I, this might Las be the, Vegas. the easiest group of names you've ever had to deal with. I mean, those are pretty, yeah. you yeah. know. Like that it, low amount of syllables, like that's, yeah. that's pretty good. So yeah. awesome. many vowels. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that, that was fantastic. So, all right. What do we got for a question today? Who's up? All right. Eric from
2: New Jersey asks, what advice do you have for dealing with imposter syndrome?
0: Okay. So I have a confession to make, and I usually don't do this. I made this question up. It's not that I made this question up, but this is one of our past students, Eric, and as I was reading this, I'm like, wait, was he from Long Island? <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> I was, he was in fact from Long Island. Yeah, I get, I yeah. get Jersey. So this, so Eric, this is one of the questions that Eric asked me during his clinical uh, rotation with us, and we ended up chatting with Eric and Kim from the past episode. I, rem- I, I really remember that day, and I thought it, and you know, I go, you know what, this is, this is probably an important topic that we should hit. So, um, so this is Eric from Long Island that we all know and love, but, uh, I mean, a great question though, like imposter syndrome is, is definitely something we're hearing a little bit more about. I think as you know, we, as a profession are, are focusing on, you know, making sure that we're putting ourselves in position to succeed in early career professionals are, you know, being developed and mentored in appropriate ways. I I feel like this is something that is, I'm seeing a lot of chatter about this. So who, who, I mean, I know we have tons of advice. Len, do you, what? Well, I don't know if I have advice. I, if we're all
2: telling our deepest, darkest secrets, I had no idea what this was. <laughs> I had to literally Google search it last night. And I never often look at the questions ahead of time. I just happened to. And I had no clue what it was. And I'm still confused by this whole concept. So you guys-
0: I, That's a great idea. Educate,
2: Educate me- <laughs> On why we have created this imposter syndrome. Remember, syndrome is not always like I know, right?
0: Tangible. Isn't that funny? So, so <laughs> as as a as a as a rehab community, we 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 are shaming anyone that calls anything a syndrome. But then we make up more syndromes. But no, i it, it, it's not that we it's not that we made up. I you know traditionally, like I remember, you know, ten twenty years ago when we thought of like imposter syndrome. To me, this was a little bit more like. Somebody that um, was, you know, perceived as being like a leader, like an elite, like a top person right. that right. that that felt on the inside that they didn't deserve that. Right? I think now, and and I may be wrong. That's just my my unique perception of it. I think now, um, students are coming on that like day one, feeling that when it when it's really just probably lack of self confidence, Len. Right? And and I want right, to say that exactly. But, but I, I get that concept. Think about, think about this. We are in a service based industry and you get handed a piece of paper saying that you're now a physical therapist and then you have a caseload tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And those people are coming to you for help right and yeah. and i i I think this is actually gigantic for us as early career professionals in any service industry, but especially like a medical health fitness type kind of setting where people are coming to you for help, and you have okay. to have you, you you have to help them, right? so yeah. i so I can see where that's coming. So I don't know who who wants to start because I think this could be a big conversation, but but Dave, what do you think? I've had this twice. I've had this twice that I can share
3: with once was in the realm of gymnastics when I was early in my uh, career, like two years out, luck, meeting opportunity, meeting a lot of other things happening, I was like thrown into the spotlight of people who wanted my, you know, help or guidance. And I felt extremely like unprepared or not unprepared. but Like I felt as though like there's so many other people out there that are probably way more equipped to do this. And I instantly started working with like elite gymnasts, like two years in, right. And working with like what maybe you guys would consider like pro athlete equivalents. So I'm like, these people are like some of the best coaches and gymnasts in the planet. And they're asking me to help them with their injuries. I'm like, what in the world? So I felt really under, I don't know, I guess imposter syndrome is the only way to say it is I felt like I was in the wrong shoes, right? Like, this is not for me. I shouldn't be doing this. And then you guys might not know this. I had this again when I first started working at champion, right? Like I I got hired. Oh, we can tell. Yeah, we can tell.
2: Yeah, that was obvious.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was the first external hire and I was sitting between you and Lenny, like in this tiny little desk on a stool. And I was like, I remember getting the email for the job offer and I was like, what is happening right now? This is insane. I never thought in a million years I'd be able to work for these two. It's like huge idols of mine. And I'm sitting between you at a desk and I have all of Lenny's patients. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I, there's no way that <laughs> <going to> be, <laughs> I felt like I had no idea what to do. And, and I like, yeah, I felt like a total like, yeah. what, what, so what'd you do? How'd you get
0: over that? Cause I mean, those are two big hurdles.
3: Yeah, I think two things. So one is on both of those, I think I just found a way to get more educated on what the things were I needed to do, right? Like with the was for gymnastics, I studied an uncomfortable amount, like an unhealthy burnout level of con ed, right? Like way too much to get more comfortable with certain things that I was seeing. I was talking to mentors, I talked to a lot of people who were helpful. And then on the champion side, I just tried to do the same thing as learn all the systems that you guys use and learn everything I could. I took like three or four year courses at once. I remember doing like the knee, the shoulder one again, and a functional stability one. So I just tried to learn as much as I could. and then I just was honest when I like didn't know stuff. I just straight up told people like, hey, I don't know what to tell you right now. Um, I'll go back home and I'll learn this And I remember telling Mike a couple of times like, I don't remember why this stuck out, but some girl um hurt her elbow and had a fracture. And I remember typing in Slack and showing you as like a fake, like, hey, what do you think of this? And it was like, her arm is broken. What do I do? And you were like, Hey, all right. And you like typed back. So it was just being honest about I don't know how to handle these things and you know, getting mentorship.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's that's a good way of doing it too. It's 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 helpful when you have mentorship. I I think you're you know, obviously most times when you have imposter syndrome, I think part of that concept is that you are prepared. You just don't feel prepared enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the thing. So you did actually have that, right? If you're not prepared, I don't think you get imposter syndrome. I think you just know you're not prepared and you're mad at yourself, right? You're not not worried about it. You're just mad at yourself, right? (laughs) But
3: that was experience that was like having to like literally throw myself in the fire more often like i had to go through more evals more people and just like it's like a graded exposure to something you're scared about right it's like i just had to do it over and over and over and i've probably treated a thousand gymnasts now that i feel pretty comfortable but those first two years when i was working with like high level people who come to the clinic i was like nervous i was legitimately very nervous doing evals because i was like this is a big moment like they're so high level and then it got better over two years
0: yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Lisa? Because, you know, I'd say Lisa's probably of our group. She's um, the latest to jump into the cash-based environment. And that has its own set of impositions that we all went through. That I went through almost 20 years into my career and I went through that. But Lisa, what do you think?
1: We'll be back after a quick break.
0: I hope you're enjoying the podcast episode. If you want to learn more from me, please check out my website, mikerinald.com. In addition to all my great articles, videos, and podcast episodes, I have a ton of online CEU courses, as well as my Inner Circle online mentorship and community. Be sure to subscribe to my free newsletter, where I'm always sending you great info and exclusive perks and discounts. Just head to MikeRenald.com to get started. Thanks so much.
1: Uh, I mean that that side of things. Some days I feel like I'm still going through that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, just I mean, definitely in in starting a champion, I it took me a, a while to feel like the people walking through the door coming to me, especially rowers specifically for help, that I was like well enough equipped to help them with whatever it was, and it was mostly going off a lot of what Dave has already said of almost arriving at the point where I was confident enough to just be able to be like, I'm not sure here. And not just like, I'm going to go home and look this up, but like you are here for help with me right now. And like these people around me are, could potentially help us figure this out. So like, I'm not going to be worried about you thinking that like I'm any less of a good PT because I personally couldn't help you with this exact issue. And I'm going to ask these people around me or, you know, or, and just be really upfront with you of, like, what I know, what I don't know, what you know, and, and make it that that teamwork effort and not just, like, I have all of the answers that you could ever want about rowing injuries, right? Because I don't. Um, and so I feel like growing the confidence to be, I mean, I've, I've always kind of prided myself in being willing to admit when I don't know something, because I feel like that's early on how I learned how to grow as a PT. Um, Kind of that you don't know what you don't know until it happens, but um, yeah, I mean, I definitely the whole imposter syndrome thing. I feel like it depends, sort of, sort of still semi depends on the day, and it just happens less frequently now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel like i've I've learned so much, and I've I've I'm still obviously learning a ton, but um, I I think it is partially like we kind of started out saying like a confidence thing. Um, and I think in having done a lot of other things before I've arrived here, I know that in, re- in starting in a new setting or with a new population, there's that learning curve initially of just like, you have a lot to learn and you're going to be uncomfortable and you just have to be patient and it's hard to be patient and, and like push through to keep learning things and um, reaching out for help and all that kind of stuff. I feel like it. It, you know, you shouldn't feel if you care about what you're doing, I feel like you shouldn't feel comfortable to an extent. Like always, it'd be weird if you did.
0: Yeah, um, oh, but- you, well, you got, you got to push yourself to grow a little bit. And I like what you kind of said there is that you're the type of person that you're you've accepted the fact that that it's okay to say, I don't know, but then you're not satisfied with not knowing, right? You're going to go, you're going to go home and figure out the answer and you're probably going to slack all of us and talk about it. And that, that's, that's super important, but you know what one word stuck out with me? And I know we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but one word you said stuck out with me a little bit is the word confidence. And if we take a step back and think about like, what is like, what's the definition of confidence or, or more so like, like almost think of it as like a construct within a research methodology type. Like what is confidence? Confidence is like your, you know, understanding the, of whether or not something's going to work, right? Is, you know, how reliable is something going to work? That's, com- that's confidence. If you have no experience, How on earth would you have, you you may have confidence in your knowledge, may have confidence in your skills, but you're not going to have confidence that what you're going to do is definitely going to help that person. You're going to serve that person. So there's almost like an inherent, like you're you're not supposed to be fully confident in yourself day one. And maybe embracing knowing that is that you need some experience to be fully, fully confident. Maybe just embracing that imposter syndrome is just something that we all have to go through when we're just thrusted into a service-based industry. But um, yeah, Dan, I know, I, I think I saw you kind of raise your hand in there, but what's up, Dan?
4: Yeah, everyone here kind of covered a lot of what I was going to say. But I think the big thing is that when we think of an imposter syndrome, comes apart as negative, right? And there's this thought that anything negative is bad. Um, but some of these negative emotions are, are oftentimes really good motivators, you know? And I always look back to that chart that has two circles, right? One is like your comfort zone, the other one's success, and they're nowhere near close to one another, right? And oftentimes you have to make those overlap to get to where you want to be. And I think sometimes some of those negative, negative feelings and maybe not just imposterism, but other types of lack of confidence, wherever else it is, it's good to push into that, you know? And it's also a very potent motivator. So if you feel like you really aren't the expert that you think you should be, right, and that's part of what imposter syndrome might be, then maybe learning some more and having some of this um, feeling in the back of your mind that you're not good enough quite yet is a good motivation to push you to learn a little bit more so. And obviously, there's a point where it can be unhealthy, and I honestly think that speaking to a specialist that can help you with that is actually really helpful, right? If you have a lot of anxiety or stress around it, maybe that's the route that you go if you truly are a real expert, but you don't feel that way. But at the end of the day, I think for a new grad especially, of course, like you said, they're going to feel like an imposter, and that emotion is probably going to help them to try to learn more and become an expert and push more into discomfort and get better over the course of time, and slowly, some of the imposter syndrome may go down with that. I, I love
0: that, Dan. I love the way you, you kind of laid that all out. I mean, it's, I think it's about embracing the concept, right? And in putting your head down and fitting, figuring out a plan that's going to get you to that comfort level that you're confident that you're going to have good results. You see how you put this all together. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, if this is actually causing stuff like anxiety and and stuff like that, then yeah, this becomes a bigger issue. That's just more of lack of experience. That's something that, uh, you know, you can get help with to deal with, but I actually think just with time, you know, if you just focus on, on just your growth um, I just think you'll naturally get more comfortable in your shoes with that. But uh, Dwech, what do you think?
5: Yeah. I mean, I, I think Dan pretty much nailed it what i was going to say and i think to kind of add on to what dave said too is that i think we do kind of look at it as a negative right away when it could just be like a, a tool to help you kind of push to the next level um i know i was in a similar shoe as, as dave kind of coming in being like a little overwhelmed with almost like the people in the building and the, and the amount of knowledge that they had and then for me it was also the other side of like i knew i had to be a good strength coach but i also knew that i needed to learn enough on like the rehab and injury end of the spectrum so i could kind of have at least an understanding of how to help someone go from one end to the other or kind of like meet somewhere in that transition period and kind of help them at least have like an awareness of what's happening on the other side. Um, so I, I kind of did what, what David mentioned a little while ago. I almost consumed like an unhealthy amount of con ed. Like I remember like my internship here is like 45, 50 hours in the building. And then probably another extra like 20 hours outside the building There's crushing courses. And I was like, what is going on? Like I, I just had so much like, Information in my head, but anytime that I had like questions about something, I could literally just go back into my rolodex in my head and be like, "All right, I, I know at least a starting point for this." Right, even if I don't have the answer right away, I can start putting pieces together to help someone come up with an answer, or at least give them some sort of guidance that is valuable. And that's kind of what I relied on. I just kind of relied on like overpowering with the the confidence in my knowledge. Right, like you kind of said that, like you have confidence in your knowledge, and you have confidence of whether something's going to work or not. But at least if you can develop the confidence in the knowledge that you acquire by learning, it can help you get started. I think that's kind of what I relied on.
0: And, and then realize that you also have the confidence, like Lisa said, to say, I don't know, but realize mm-hmm. that you also have the confidence that I'm going to go home and know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I will come back tomorrow knowing, right? Like that's, yeah. that's, a, that's an important part, you know, for me, Um, you know, I, I always tell the story, I think it's, you know, similar to, to Dwayne and Dave a little bit here, but I always tell the story where when I first started working in, in professional sports, like I was very extremity based, right? I didn't do a lot of spine. So again, I did the same thing. I want bananas, uh, unhealthy amount of con ed. Um, to get better at the spine. And then, you know what I found out? I just found out that I wasn't as bad at the spine as I thought I was. And I just didn't, I just, I I was thinking that there was something mysterious and miraculous out there that I didn't know and I didn't possess that was there and I just didn't have it. And then I I realized that it wasn't and that my base knowledge and skill that, you know, got me to that point in my career, you know, was still valid and and probably going to be, you know, helpful. So I think that's another goal here too, again, is that you then seek it out so that way you find out that maybe, maybe you're not at... Uh, as, you know, inferior in your mind as you really think you are. But again, if you don't go through that con ed process and really dive deep, then you wouldn't find that out. Right. So, um, I think that's, that's pretty important. Um, Mike, you got anything? I feel like, you know, so far, everybody's kind of jumped in. I, this, is, this is a good episode to maybe go a little longer on. So, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't want to limit anybody's, uh, involvement yeah i think I,
6: I think all you guys kind of nailed it um the big thing for me is you, you want to turn that into a, a positive um motivating factor and you probably have to deal with the emotions and the anxiety and the stress and i think contacting a qualified individual to do that is super helpful um and can kind of help you manage those uh those emotions i think another thing that especially PT students, uh, they kind of think that PT school prepares them to be a clinical, uh, be really good at clinical work in the PT clinic. And I think PT school is really designed to make you an entry-level physical therapist. And if you're comparing yourself to a, a PT with 20 plus years of experience, I think you're always gonna have a feeling of an inf- inferiority. Um, but I think recognizing that PT school is not designed to make you an expert in one specific field. But to enable you to safely treat a patient and have a base of information and knowledge and know when to refer out to another specialty to help, um, I think is, you know, really the the point of PT school.
0: I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And, and, you know, again, I mean, I think like if you put this all together, you know, again, it comes down to like, you know, this is something that probably everybody goes through. Um, everybody has their own way of dealing with it. But um, I think if you really break it down, it's one of those things where, you know, the progression we always talk about to become an expert is you have to develop your knowledge, your skill, get experience, and then you'll have some judgment, right? It, you're not expected to have judgment on day one with no experience. Um, you know, and if you even look at like a lot of environments, if you go work in like an outpatient orthopedic clinic, like day one, for example, right? Like you may not have that judgment, but you might have the knowledge and skill. So do an evaluation, come up with a treatment plan and run it by somebody with more experience. That's one way right? If you're stumped on something, right? If you can't find something, you know, I always say like, you know, try not to not know the answer to the same question twice, right? You know, so somebody comes in with, with something that, you know, kind of tricks you a little bit, you know, look it up, you know, but other than that, I think, you know, the thing we talk about most with career development, I think is doing your own personal audit, right? Where you take a step back and you say, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? Right. And at the beginning, it seems like there's more weaknesses than strengths, obviously. But, you know, it doesn't really matter if I'm not good at cardiopulmonary physical therapy, if that's not my work environment. So you got to get started. You got to get into your work setting and you got to say, like, what do I need to excel here? Right. You may go to a clinic that does no spine right? So maybe that's, that's a great opportunity for you to say, like, all right, I'm going to really focus on knees and shoulders because I don't have to focus on spines. I don't have to know everything today, but the faster I know knee and shoulder, because that's what I'm going to see every day, then the faster my confidence level is going to go up in my own abilities. And that's just going to have positive outcomes, like for everything in my life, right? Because less anxiety and stress, and you just feel better about yourself, you know? So, you know, I always kind of say it that way too, is like take an audit of your situation and your skill set and how those match. And kind of figure that out a little bit. Then you'll know, like Dave, like what courses to take, right? Or Dwesh, like like what to learn tonight, right? Those, those types <coughs> of things. You'll kind of learn those things. Um, so, you know, keep, keep those in mind and, and just know that like, you know, being in a service-based industry, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, right? You know, you need some sort of mentorship and some sort of guidance to help you, especially some of those tricky situations where not even we can get them better, right? Right. Lenny had, you know, an ACL reconstruction yesterday that is ACL, right? It's not his fault. It's, you know, a lot of people would say that day one, right? Like, oh man, my, my patient didn't do well. You know, there's a million reasons why that go in there. Right. But, you know, as you get more confident in your ability, I think you, you tend to stress less about those things because you know that you've done your best to put that person in the position to succeed. Right. Makes sense. Uh, awesome. All right. Great episode. I think that was, that was good. I thank Eric, but he didn't officially ask this. I just threw him in here. So thanks Eric for, for uh, bringing this to my attention. I think this would be a good one. Hopefully, uh, hof- hopefully it's something that everybody can benefit from because I think it's a pretty big topic right now. So um, appreciate you. If you have a question like Eric, head to MikeRynell.com, click on that podcast link and fill out our form and we will hopefully see you on a future episode. Thank you so much.